there are three people that are going to come to the front. Sujin, can you come down? I'd like you to come to the front, please. <laughs> Alex, I'd like you to come as well. And Colin, come on down. Thank you very much. Right, now, talking about microphones, I've got some microphones for them. Because they're speaking in a beautiful way, in an actor's voice. Have we all got actor's voices? No. Okay, would you like to sit down? No, no, I'd like to carry on standing up. So, we'll just make sure they're all switched on at the bottom. Because you're going to say the different colours. But, of course, there's all the stuff in black as well. And that's where all of you are going to come in. Because I want us all to be actors today. Okay? But it's not just actors. But if you feel like making sound effects for any of these, or acting and just doing sort of things with your body, that's fine. So, of course, the thing we need to do is stand up, okay? So, if we can all stand up, because we're going to read God's Word together. Now, we're going to think about who's saying what. So, uh, Colin, can you say the blue, please? The blue. The blue. And we'll go, Alex, can you say the green? green. And then, Sujin, you're going to say the red. Yeah. All right? So, everyone's okay. We're all going to read this together. Don't forget, if you don't do many sound effects, we might just go back and see if we could do more sound effects. Because God is creative, so we're thinking, formless and all whatever, whatever ideas you come up with. That'll be okay. Okay? And then we've got our three uh, victims, sorry, volunteers, <laughs> that are going to be uh, saying the different colours as well. It's going to go brilliantly. Think about what's going on. What are the words say? How can we act it out with our bodies and with the sounds that we can make? Okay? Can everyone read it okay? Wonderful. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Evening came, and the morning, the first day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. So God made the expanse, and separated the water under the expanse from the water of the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. Evening came and the morning, the second day. Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and he called the gathering of the water seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit, with seed in it according to their kind. And it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees-bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came and the morning, the third day. Then God said, 
Let there be light in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from night. They will serve as signs for festivals for days and years. They will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the great light to have dominion over the day and the lesser light to have dominion over the night, as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, to dominate the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Evening came and the morning, the fourth day. Then God said, Let the water swarm with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swims in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So God blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and the morning, the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth produce living creatures according to their kind, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, stuck according to their kinds, and creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This food, this food will be for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth. Everything having breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that all he had made, and it was very good. Evening came and the morning, the sixth day. Thank you for the volunteers. Thank you very much. And thank you for all of you as well. I was watching you all carefully. I think the Oscars are coming soon, aren't they? (laughs) Just put them all in the right place for later, then it's easier to find them then, isn't it? So, 
That was brilliant. God is creative. We know that full well. Something very interesting about God. At the beginning of time, he created ex nihilo, out of nothing. That's something that's really important because God created things from nothing. Whereas when man creates things, we can only rearrange previously existing materials into new forms and patterns. The interesting thing is that us created beings need created things to survive. If there wasn't air or water, all of life would finish on earth, wouldn't it? We need created things to keep on living. It's only God that needs nothing to keep on living. God doesn't need anything to be God. Whereas we as the created beings need other created things to keep on living. And you know, man has created all kinds of manner of good things, haven't we? Sometimes it's from necessity, like we've had to build a bridge or something, because it might be that we had to get one side of the river to another side, or maybe we had to create some food or some buildings, and we've done all that really well, or maybe we just wanted people to remember us, or to remember someone else, to think about other people. Or it might be like a pyramid like this, you just say, oh yeah, that was just because he wanted to be remembered. Or a statue that you just sort of think, yeah, that person is well remembered because of the way they've got their books or the way they've got the statue. Sometimes there's a massive statue and you just look at it and you think, wow, that's amazing, that's really good. That's all about God and God's genes in us in a way. And we're creation, uh, we're creating things because God created things first. I've got a question for you. I'd like to answer it out loud. What's the biggest thing you've ever touched? Say it again. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Oh, that's brilliant. Right, has anyone ever touched anything bigger than a Statue of Liberty? Because that's massive, isn't it? What's the biggest thing you've ever touched? A few more answers. The earth, that is the correct answer. We have all touched the biggest thing, everyone's touched it, the earth. We all know how to touch it. We've, everyone has touched the earth. And we look at it and we say, wow, that's massive. Because I was reading this week that if someone was going to drill a hole through the centre of the earth, and it wouldn't be possible, of course, but it would take us 42 minutes to jump through to the other side. So if we just went one, two, three. Oh, there's a sound effect. I can hear it. Oh, that's great. 42 minutes later, we pop out at the other side of the Antipodes or something like that. Or however you uh, drilled the hole. 42 minutes. It's a big earth. There's over 7 billion people on the earth. 7.4 billion people. That's a lot of people. But in comparison to how many people have lived in the past, I think there's been over a hundred billion people that have lived on the earth. As well as all the creatures that we were reading about earlier, and the flora and the fauna. Really big. But it's not really big, in a way. Because we can think about the other bits of creation that God has created. We can think that God is creative, but then how big is creation? Because in a way, some people have a think about that, and then they say to themselves, well, if the creation is this big, 
God is this big. So how big is God if we're sort of thinking how big creation is? Because God surely must be bigger. When I was at school, I used to love learning about the stars and the planets and everything like that. And I remember to this day how far away, approximately, because it changes, the Earth is from the sun. Can anyone else remember? I only know it in miles. I don't know kilometres. These newfangled things I'm not too up with. <laughs> anyone remember about how many, many miles away we are? Uh, I think it's less than that. 92 million miles away. Oh, that rings a bell for everyone. So it was 92 million miles away. But if we were going to travel to Neptune, that's 2.7 billion miles away. And you might remember in the 1970s, America sent two spacecraft out, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. They did it in 1977. And it took 12 years for Voyager 2 to get to Neptune. And it's still going away and sort of past Neptune, well past it now. But it took 12 years for a spacecraft to get from Earth to get to Neptune. Because the Earth is big, but the solar system is bigger. I was trying to work out how we could make a scale model of the solar system here this morning. I found I couldn't do it. It was impossible, really. Because I was looking things up, and then I tried to make it in this easy-to-read table. So, if we look at the Earth... The Earth is one centimetre wide, so kind of my finger width. If that's the case, the Sun is 109 centimetres wide diameter. So the Sun's like this. So if we're pretending that the Earth is that size, the Sun is this size. All right. But look at the scale, the distance from the sun. This is why we couldn't do it, because I could have made a few sort of spheres and globes and things of different sizes. But the problem would be how far away to be. Because if we wanted to be Mercury, say the sun was in the corner just there, and we wanted to be Mercury, we'd be out of the room already. If we wanted to be Neptune, we'd be in Hinkley. Wouldn't we? So there's no way we could do it with the Earth being this size. So just think if we were scaling that up and we're thinking about the Earth being this size, how much greater would it be? It would be quite a few more miles. But think of the real thing. Paul last week was saying about how God is omnipotent. Isn't the solar system one way of thinking about how God is omnipotent because of the scale is so vast, so brilliant, so marvellous. I worked out how many Earths could fit into Jupiter, and it was 1,300. So there's 1,300 Earths that could fit into the largest planet. But if we look at how many Jupiters could fit into the Sun, that's almost 1,000, 950 or so. So we're just very small in comparison and, of course, this is just our solar system. We know that there's 500 solar systems in our galaxy so far. We've counted them, or some, someone with a big sort of uh, telescope. But there's probably over 10 billion solar systems in our galaxy. And there are at least 100 billion galaxies in the observable universe. That's just the bit we can see. There's masses more that we can't see. My jaw drops sometimes when I think about things like that, thinking, wow, 
God is great, but God has created these massive things that we can't even see because they're so amazing, so big, so marvellous. And I remember the song, Hands That Flung Stars Into Space, and all these billions of stars that God created. That's the big part of creation then, the macro part. What about the micro part? Now, I'm not very medical, as you might know. Some of you really are. So if I get some of these things wrong, just come up to me nicely afterwards and say, are you sure about some of those facts? Like here, there are about 60,000 miles of blood vessels in our bodies. My drawers dropped. I knew about it already, but again, I'm thinking, wow, how does it all fit into me? The small intestine is around 20 feet long. Our skin weighs about 10 pounds. We have 206 bones in our body, more when we're born, but of course some of them fuse together. And we can distinguish, most people, about 10 million colours. Wow, where's your jaw? Is it dropping a bit like mine? Is it, uh, yeah, Collins is on the floor. It's that just sort of dropped that little bit. Now, on uh, Monday at House Group, I learned something new. It was about this. We talk about all kinds of things on, on Monday House Group. So what's this? DNA. A bit of DNA, yeah. So, Maggie? Uh, yeah. Uh, I know it's the cross Yeah. Yeah. Laminin, that's what it is. So, again, I know nothing about this. I've looked it up because we were talking about it briefly last Monday at House Group. So, laminin is a glycoprotein that is a component of connective tissue basement membrane and that, prom that promotes cell adhesion. Now, apparently, it doesn't always look like that, like the cross, but there is definitely three short bits and a long bit. And all of this is on the website, so, all these pictures and everything, so you can refer to it back there if you want to. So, a cross is there's millions of crosses in our bodies that glues us all together. Fantastic! Isn't God great that all these massive things he's created? But in our bodies, he's done something, done something really special as well. Let's go from the physical then to the spiritual. Again, I'm thinking about God's creation. That's something really important. This verse here, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Many of us all know about this. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation. I like this bit. A new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previously moral and spiritual condition, has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. The brilliant thing about being a new creation is we weren't just patched together. We weren't sort of just oh, put a bit of a bandage or a bit of a sticking plaster on there. That would be all right. They can go to heaven. They'll just limp into heaven. But that couldn't be happening, could it? We've been made new creations. Something fantastic, something spiritual that God is doing and has done because he's creative. And he's made us from an old, ah, vile, ah, horrible kind of person to someone... Okay. To someone that is, oh yeah, I'm a bit nicer, because Jesus has changed me. Jesus has made me more that I should be, like I was uh, meant to be originally. 
We've been made new. Jesus' sacrifice is significant because he changes us. We're new creations. Most of us have experienced that already, and that's really good. But sometimes, even in our Christian life, God is showing us newness, a love, a new chapter, a new beginning sometimes. Maybe you've read this, and this is from Isaiah. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and then can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Rivers in the badlands. Wild animals will say, thank you, the coyotes and the buzzards, because I have provided water in the desert. Rivers through the sun-baked earth. Drinking water for the people I chose. The people I made especially for myself. A people custom-made to praise me. Now, of course, we need to remember why Isaiah was saying that in the first place. But then we can also take it, perhaps, for ourselves. What's God doing in our lives at the moment where he's saying, forget about what's happened, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new in your life. God is creative. God wants us not just to look down and think what's happened already is going to be perpetually what's going to carry on happening. God wants us to look up to the hills because that's where our help comes from. To say, yes, Lord, thank you, I love you, I need you. What about this? A similar one. This is from Habakkuk. And Habakkuk lived about 630 to 612 BC, or thereabouts. So it was a similar time to Jeremiah and Zephaniah. And Isaiah was about 100 years before, so this is Isaiah. Isaiah was 100 years before Habakkuk, and Ezekiel was around 40 years after. Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. Now, of course, let's just think about where Habakkuk was. And what was this something amazing that was going to happen? It was something totally unexpected. Because God is creative. God doesn't just make the earth and all the planets. But he wants to interact with us. He wants to love us and do amazing things. And this was totally amazing. If we were living in in Habakkuk's time, the next verse, verse 6 we'll be thinking, goodness me, can that be true? Is that really God saying that? I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. Our jaws have dropped about creating earth and creating earth with 60,000 miles of blood vessels in us. If we were living in Habakkuk's day and we heard him say, I'm going to bring the Babylonians. He's going to be creative. They're going to be creative and do my will, 
even though they are cruel and violent. Wow. We were saying, is that really you, God, saying that? How can I believe such a big thing, a thing like that? Surely, surely not. But the thing I know about is that God sometimes does seemingly strange things, wild things, in our lives or in the lives of other people. Sometimes things that seem impossible can be made, uh, that's, that are impossible, can be made possible. Think about some of the miracles Jesus did. Lazarus had died. His, brother, his uh, sisters asked him to come. But for three days he didn't. Surely that was that. It was impossible to be, for Lazarus to come back to life. It was possible. Think about the lady with the issue of blood. I think it was 12 years. But there was some sort of faith in that lady, weren't there? And she says, I've gone to all these people, I've been prayed for. Billy Graham even prayed for me once. And uh, nothing happened then. And all sorts of things have happened. I've been, I went to Toronto, this lady with the issue of blood went. And then Pensacola and all these other places. It seemed impossible. But she went to Jesus. It was possible. Think about Bartimaeus. Couldn't see. Blind. He was in need. Surely that's impossible. But with God, he was creative. Possible. Think about the uh, disciples on the Sea of Galilee. You can do some sound effects. Give me a bit of a storm. Ooh. Oh, what's happening? Oh, I wish Jesus was with us. And who do you see on the water? Just keep the storm going. It's, it hasn't finished yet. Who do you see on the water? Jesus. And what, what's he doing on the water? Yeah, just like everything's all right. Wow. How creative is God that he just comes and walks on the water. Isn't that amazing? Where's your jaw, Colin? Jaw. Is it down on the floor? Brilliant. Where's everyone else's jaw? Could you imagine that Jesus would come and walk on the water? So they're all scared because of this storm. And then suddenly Jesus comes. Thank you. The the storm stopped at just the right time. Because Jesus says, still, be calm. Jesus is creative. Jesus is in us. I've just got to switch this on again. It's gone all black. There we go. So all these things, you could think of lots more miracles. Water turn into wine. Loads of people being fed just with a few fish. If you were the disciples and you'd sort of say, oh, Jesus, send these people away. They're not going to be eating. There's too many people here. But what does Jesus say? Come on, stay. It's not impossible. It's possible. God is creative. God can do all things. God's in us. The hope of glory. Here's a few statements. And these are all true, I think, for all of us. We want people to know the Lord. We want his church to grow. We want to know God in a deeper way. We want to encourage people. We want people to feel good around us. 
So the top ones, yeah, definitely all of us. But even in the more basic things, if we don't tell people about Jesus, at least we want them to be happy when we're there. And not just thinking, oh, there's that person. Oh, they really sort of get on our nerves and things. The basic thing is we all want to be, so we're encouragement to people. Even if we don't talk openly about God, we want them to know that we're happy and we're encouraging. And something funny happened on Thursday. Jill and I went to Sainsbury's, and instead of wearing my normal coat, this kind of thing, I decided to put my special coat on. Because that's a special coat to me. I like this coat a lot. And so we were going round Sainsbury's, and it was all rather nice and everything. And I thought, oh, don't know why I put this coat on for. But I, I did it, just because I thought I should. And then, so it's a coat from Southern Ghana. My mum was there a few years ago, and she brought it back, and it's Kenty cloth. And then, when we got to the uh, checkout, because it was Jill who decided which checkout to go to, it was all kind of... Uh, having a happy chat as we were going round, and then she sort of got us to go to this. And there was this chap there, and I noticed his name, oh, Kofi, and I thought, oh, well, I'll talk to him about his name, because I like to talk to the operatives on the tills and everything. And so I was going to say that, and suddenly, as soon as the previous person had gone, he starts talking about my coat, and he sort of says, you've made my day. No, you've made my year, because this is exactly, I'm not making it up. Am I making it up? No, this is what he said. Because... Uh, because he knew about this cloth, and he knew about Ghana, and perhaps that's where his family was from. So me just turning up to Sainsbury's in this cloth, because I thought I heard God say, just put that coat on, really encouraged this bloke. My jaw was on the floor, because all I did was put my coat on. I was just obedient, and yet God was, what can I do with that coat? I'm going to surprise you. And it was like... At the right time, in the right place, and the person was really blessed just because I put a coat on. What can God do for all of you? It might be something as basic as that. I'm going to go to the next one because you don't want to see me. You don't want to just sort of think to yourself, right, I can't work for God. I'm not old enough, or I'm too old, or I haven't got enough education, or I can't do this, I can't do that. We can put coats on for God. And that's perhaps all you could take away today. We can be creative with our testimony, with our love, with our general life, just by putting a coat on. Or something else as straightforward and as simple as that. A few weeks ago, we were thinking about, are we putting God in a box? And we came to the conclusion that it's really, that it's not God that we're putting in a box. It's ourselves. It's the church by the way we think and by the way we do things. God is saying this week, today, be creative. Don't just pray the way you've always prayed. Think about the coat and say, Lord, what can I do this week? Perhaps you might be thinking, I can't do that. It's really tricky. But all God is calling us to do is to listen, to be obedient, and then to follow him. Doing simple things. What I find is that we've got the capacity to forget what we should remember. 
and of course the other way around as well. We will remember what we should forget. But here's some statements that perhaps we want to think about. God knows us through and through. God is wild and can be unpredictable. Dare we not want to be more like him? Dare we stay as we are? We can be creative in a normal life, just as as we pray, as we worship God, as we encourage others, and as we just live our lives in general. God is saying, don't just do the default setting of what you've always done, what you've done for the last five years. Think outside of the box. We've put ourselves into a box. Perhaps this week God is encouraging us to say, Lord, how can I be creative? How can I make what I do uh, good for other people, encouraging to other people? A Christian isn't called to keep the status quo. But as God initiates, so we can follow him into new adventures, new chapters, new things. John 10, 10 says a lot about that. And it says that Jesus came that they may have life and enjoy it and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So today I'm praying that my life will overflow. Perhaps you want to pray that same prayer for yourselves as well. That as we continue to think about who God is over the next few weeks, and we just think, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. So we can say, God, I want my life to overflow because of you. There's lots of things that I've not said that's on the website already that you can just have a read about. And then also there's all that big section, are there seconds, please, that you can have a look at that I've not even covered, that you can have a look at. And it's on the website, so you can just think, all right, what else is there? Thinking about creative and creativity this week. So we're going to pray, and then Lynn's going to lead us in a a time of creative worship, maybe. So we can say, thank you, Lord, for making us who we are, for making us... uh, creatures that want to be creative. So let's just pray. Lord, we do thank you for who you are. Thank you for the big, massive things that you've built, the planets, the solar systems, the galaxies, the universe. But thank you for making us us. All those wonderful things inside us. For making us creative people. Or making us not creative people. But Lord, this week, help us to be people that look to you, that choose to be different and choose to say, Lord, be creative in me this week, because we ask it in your name. Amen.